Welcome to Newsworthy with Norrisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, man, I'm just trying to Randy Harris you. You know what I mean? Okay. Thank like, you. Randy Harris, the secret to happiness is being pessimistic. Have you been Randy Harrising me our entire friendship? <laughs> I feel like you have. All right, let's get ready for some awesome. Um, all right, friends, welcome back to the show. Get ready for yep. some awesome. You know what that means. It's time for Podbean, your <laughs> all-in-one podcast hosting publishing provider. If you've ever thought, I've got a content, I've got a message, I've got some teaching that I need to get out, Podbean is your all-in-one podcast hosting and publishing provider that can make your dream a reality. And now with their mobile app, it's even easier. You can record and publish directly from your phone. So go to podbean.com backslash newsworthy for more information. I wish you memorized scripture with the devotion that you put <laughs> in to Podbean. I remember a lot. I memorized, like, Jesus wept. That's scripture, mm, and I memorized that. Nailed it. Thank you. What verse is yeah. that? Sorry, you cut out. So let's... Uh, <laughs> That's in John's Gospel. It's John eleven thirty five. I was going to say, oh, you did. You literally hung up on me. Hang up on me. Uh, when I was making a joke about not having a good service, and you literally just hung up. I was trying to close out my mail so it wouldn't hmm. make noise. Make noise with. And I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's that's why we don't let you play with nice I'm things. Sorry, you have to make mistakes. Yeah, just blame it on me. Just blame it on me. Uh, and. Recording. Yeah. Okay. Well, today is Halloween. Uh, recording the wrap up podcast, and I'm going to post this right before I go home. Uh, Jonathan, do you guys have a, a special like Arkansas fall festival kind of thing that you do, or do you go out and mingle with the pagans? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, our Arkansas Halloween. We figure candy, lose teeth, <laughs> makes sense, works. Now, <laughs> you're saying like like a. Fall like festival, a, a home, home yeah, like a home. Festival, I, I didn't know, know but I guess yeah. uh, we did a trunk or treat as oh, a church. Yeah. I just did. We did that too. Did you yeah, do that yeah, too? Sunday night. What did you go? I with? went as someone who just finished preaching at the five o'clock service. Oh, did, so a monster. <laughs> a Sunday night preacher. <laughs> that actually works. is very monstrous. You don't. There is a, a, a fine line between preaching Sunday night and then just becoming like completely unable to be around people. So yeah, that's that's what it was. I was a ticking time bomb. You probably went as uh, yeah. Superman. You should have handed out. What should I have handed out? Clark. Clark Kent tracks. Track, yeah. I thought a preacher handing out tracks for Halloween. There's not. Much that actually is that. a pretty funny idea. Or I saw a picture of an NBA player who got Brussels sprouts and wrapped them in foil and looked like it's like a chocolate candy. <laughs> That's <laughs> I would love to do that. Mud <laughs> <laughs> traffic and human disappointment, children disappointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Make it a good, a good one, like a Reese's oh. cup. And you then, just stack some spinach like, or something into that? Yeah, that'd oh. be so great. I kind of want to do that. I think that's a great idea. Jonathan, uh, so you're probably going to dress up as Batman or Superman again tonight. Is it difficult with your love of Superman knowing that ultimately Batman is way cooler? I'm just saying. How dare you? Ben Affleck? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I'll give you that. Granted, anything, you know, Christopher Nolan writes, that was a great, the whole thing was great. Um, But... Christopher Reeve, you can't, you can't touch Christopher Reeve. Nobody can touch Christopher Reeve as that, far as 
super yeah, evil. No one, you can't. He's the best. No one he's the best. Touch because he's not alive anymore. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. That's how, a weird thing to say. You can't touch him. How dare you? No one's going to touch him. He's he's passed away. I, you know, I took my son to the uh, Superman Museum in, uh, gosh, where is it? Metro- Metropolis, Illinois. We drove an hour and a half to go see it. I mean, it's kind of like weirdly disappointing. I thought about using this in the last sermon on our series we're doing together because I idolized Superman. Did I ever tell you about my mom telling me ever tell I you this don't, story? I would love to hear it. I used to dress up as Superman so much. I would put on my Superman. Uh, yeah, I remember at college seeing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the punchline <laughs> joke is mom used to say, Mom, mom I, I would put on my like Sunday suit over my Superman uniform, and I'd go out in the backyard, and I would like go behind a tree, and on one side of the tree, I'd be Super Clark Kent. And I would take, and I'm just, I'm a chunky little kid, like so I don't have any kind of super body at all. <laughs> you know, I look like a snow cone with a little. Um, um, so at one point, Mom comes to me, and she honestly said this. This is why it's good for our series. She said, uh, "Hey." I think you need to stop watching Superman, the Christopher Reeve version, because I watched it all the time, three, mm-hmm. four times a week at least. And uh, she said, I think you're making an idol out of it. And the punchline in the sermon story version of it is, look, Mom, I'm 22 years old. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. But I was, you know, I was like 14. Yeah, or, no, yeah I, I can do what I want. I'm 22. 12. I would have been like embarrassingly. Yeah, I mean, that's... I was, you should... You should I'm not like five or seven. I think I think you could use it. That's solid. Uh, okay, who's your superhero? Who are you? Who are you gonna? If you have to get dressed up for Halloween and go trick or treating, well, I'm not because I'm a grown up. But if I if I had to pick a superhero, like Batman is my favorite superhero. No, yeah. I really I'm actually showing a clip. We should act out Superman versus Batman. Which one wins? I don't know. I don't know how it goes. You've not seen. You watched them. We watched them. Oh, movie that's together. right. Superman Me dies at the end. Spoiler. Okay. First off, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the movie's been out for seven years. I'm. Sh- <laughs> it's been out since last year. It's not been. Out okay. Whatever. Years. I'm showing a clip from the new uh, Marvel, like the the tag team one or whatever, where Batman is in the car with the little kid who's real fast, and the little guy goes, "What's your superpower?" And he goes, "I'm rich." I'm using that in my Hermes series, yeah, like because yeah. we think it's not a power. No, it's a superpower. In, your in my Hermes, the sermon on marketplace, like the oh, idol of money. Hermes, oh. it's a power. It's a superpower. I don't know how well that's going to go. Okay, I don't know if there's any. Well, first off, I'm just going to fix you right now. Thanks, Carl. Marvel. It's not Marvel. It's DC. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Just... Um, Marvel is like Iron Man, Iron Avengers, Man. Iron Man, Hulk, Spider Man. All that. Batman and Spider Man are never in the same okay. world. So, okay. Flash. All right. Let scene. me fix you. Um, home, homecoming <laughs> is in the fall. Prom is in the spring. And uh, a dance <laughs> is where people go together, usually. <laughs> and do sin. And do sin. Right? That's. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do the wrap up thing. Let's talk. You're so funny. I was honestly trying to help you. <laughs> I think that's equally as helpful. Uh, so this month we had, um, I think we started with Mr. Catalyst himself, Brad Lominick. 
Yeah. And yeah. then you've been to Catalyst before, haven't you? Okay. I have. Um, that was a good conversation. I was surprised that you have never had someone talk about leadership on. Uh, and the, here's the reason I'm surprised. Like in the circles me mm-hmm. and you run in, it seems like me and you are the only people in our like call it peer group who believe in leadership is probably not the right way to say it, but. Uh, here's the right way to say it. Aren't super cynical. Yeah. About well, first of all, it's real genistry to say that, um, that we're peers. But, um, <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not, oppo- yeah, I'm not opposed to leadership. I, I like the idea of it. Sometimes I wonder how much of leadership is an innate thing. I, I guess it's not, but I, how much leadership stuff books do you read? How many like how much of the content that you consume, podcasts, sermons, whatever you listen to, is on the subject of leadership? When I was first getting into ministry and getting out of college, I read like the John Maxwell yep. stuff and those kind of things, but not so much anymore. But you know, like Andy Crouch, his stuff strong and weak and playing God. Um and gosh, there's been uh What's the guy's name? Patrick Leon, Leon, Liam Nelson. Liam Nelson. That's a different thing okay. altogether. Sorry. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I've read some. I've read some stuff on I've, leadership, and but we worked at a church where the person who kind of coached us believed in it, and we saw it, its effectiveness, how help, helpful it was to make a whole church. Help, yeah, you know, healthier. I, I agree, and I really do model a lot of what I do off that model of, you know, what actually did at the Hills. And I think it's really helpful. I, I think maybe cause I've seen it. I've seen healthy versions of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's it. That's the thing. If you see healthy versions of it where you see a leader do. Um, so Andy Crouch says <clears throat> the job of a leader is to avoid assassination. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a yeah. old uh, government, proverb but the uh his thing is the job of a christian leader is to pick the time of your assassination wow. to like and, know, and that's good, right? that's the difference of christian leadership and normal leadership mm-hmm. and that's that's right that's very compelling to me uh, yeah I, that, dude you should read strong and weak it's one of the best leader books that i have ever read um the I mean, that's what it, I had him come in at Highland and, and talk about for us. But the the thing that I think made us believers in it is because we saw people who were leading, and they weren't leading from a Mark Driscoll place. You know, they're not trying to be uh, in charge. They're, they're, they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're not closed off to criticism. Um, they're just trying to lead and, and help other people flourish. And that's the way of Jesus. I mean, that kind of leadership is the way of Jesus. It's a way of laying down your life. And sometimes, this is what the critics of leadership, who have a lot of great points, leadership can go bad lots of different ways. But the critics of leaders, leadership often uh, forgets that if you have the gift of leadership, this is service. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's, uh, what is it, Friedman, Ed, Edward Edwin Friedman, the well-differentiated leader. 
when you mm-hmm. have dysfunctional yeah. leaders who their greatest goal is to never get assassinated, to always stay in power, to, to get their name bigger, to always get their way, I think that creates systemic dysfunction. Because when your leader doesn't transform their pain, they have a big enough mouthpiece platform to transmit it to a lot of people. And to, to go back to our business friends uh, in their leadership world, Collins, Jim Collins talks about, you know, leaders learn when it comes to criticism, to look in the mirror, when it comes to compliments, you look out the window. That's, yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's uh, yeah. so great. But that's, that's a great way of saying that. Blame versus responsibility. Exactly, and, and I think... And passing off the credit. Like, that's a Jesus like that. style of wisdom that he could... Obviously, he knew, even if he's not a Jesus person, he could see that. But my fear is so many Christian people want to talk, like pastor types, want to talk about leadership, and it transcends the church. And when it plays in different arenas, it seems that the intrinsic character of Christianity is somehow negated if it works just as well outside of the church as it does inside the church. I think there just has to be a different, like... uh, practice like a different policy of how we interact a different ethic when it comes to power oh yeah i think that's totally yeah that's legit there's a christian way of leadership that doesn't look like matter of fact by the time um by the time the new testament gets done with leadership it no longer looks like leadership i mean it's sacrificial service but it works i mean it it leads yeah yeah, agreed. Um, so I enjoyed, enjoyed that conversation. I was surprised you hadn't had. Yeah, I, I guess I, I was glad he, he reached out. I'm glad it worked out. I think I'd work through some of my issues with him. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. <clears throat> There's a reason I want to have the conversation because I was I want someone to help me process. I, and he was a good sport about it, but. Um, even if didn't I start with the line about I think most leadership books are unhealthy Enneagram threes just transmitting their junk or rationalizing it yeah um, yeah fair enough yeah fair enough um, okay I originally was just going to list all the different guests that we had and you just jumped right into the Brad Lominick conversation no oh I'm sorry no I, no it's all right I mean I'm just I feel like we've done this I just want else. everyone to know that the people we're going to talk about but I I appreciate your enthusiasm of talking about leadership. Um, I'm trying to lead. I'm I'm being a leader. Let's talk. Speaking of Enneagram and unhealthy three, um, let's talk next about the Enneagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. You can lead this thing if that's what you that's what you want. You're trying to. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, on the subject of unhealthy Enneagram threes, Jonathan, thank you for making that transition. I don't even think, you say you're a three. I don't think you're a three. There's part of me that really doesn't believe you're a three. Yeah, you well, think I'm a seven, Well, the right? one moment that specifically said, I don't think Jonathan is a, is a three, is when we were on the Acropolis in Athens, Greece, and you had your selfie stick right in front of your face, and in a full-throated declaration, you said... The early Christians on Christmas or on Easter Eve, Christmas Eve. No one says the phrase Easter Eve. Okay, everyone says Christmas Eve. All right. But on Easter Eve, they would disrobe, get baptized. And as you said disrobe, there was like this 20-something girl standing right next to you who gave you this like, 
what is wrong with you face? And just stared at you. And then she looked at me and I was, I did the shoulder shrug like, I don't know him. I've never seen him before in my life. And I kept walking. An Enneagram 3 doesn't do that. No, they don't. So, yeah, I mean, we. I said that same thing over and over again so many times. But I was, I, threes are image conscious, right? But they're image conscious of like, not everybody. It's the people that are you know the most important or to, to you, the people that you oh, most want to Oh, were you to trying to impress, impress me? What, I don't know. That's sweet. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's sweet. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, the sacred Enneagram. I'm just saying that the threes are image conscious of a certain audience, not all audiences. You don't have to. You're the performer, right? So I'm thinking of the, the people that are going to see this and Emily and then I really want to come to church or. Yeah. Ch- so I don't know. Hey, okay, here's the thing I want to talk okay. about. With <laughs> we have one book about leadership, and then all of a sudden, John, Jonathan feels like he has to be Captain John That's Maxwell right. on this thing. You just opened up the <laughs> Captain. <laughs> That's right. Could Cap- you not talk for a second? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So uh, I, I am starting to. We have a mutual friend who I'm not going to say his name, but uh, we respect him a lot. And he is starting to raise up the red flag on the Enneagram that uh, uh, it it seems like it has become, and I'm starting to develop a kind of love-hate relationship with it myself because I think mm-hmm. about it all the time, right? seems to be helpful to describe certain things, but it also seems like um, we were together, a small group of people going around um, talking about mm-hmm. a lot. Life. Every one of us used Enneagram to talk about who we were, where we were, and kind of boxed each other in because of that. And that was this mutual friend's concern. So the, the concern is that we, not, if, if you take the Enneagram too far, then you don't, you don't see the rest of your humanity. You don't see the rest of others' humanity. It kind of pigeonholes people. Is that what you're saying? <clears throat> it. Yeah, it does, and, and kind of like a, uh, you're, you know, you're you're laying a story on top of your own life that may yeah. limit you more than it. Do you think that's unhealthy use of the enneagram, or do you think that's the inherent unhealth that the enneagram itself carries? Well, that's what I asked our our friend, and he said, and this is somebody that you know, is a spiritual director and real godly person. He said, yeah, you could say it's except that a single person uses it that way. And um, I don't know. I, I'm Okay, all that to say, I really liked your Christopher. guest, Chris. Is that his name? He said stuff about the Enneagram yeah. that I have never heard. And I wanted to know what you thought. Like <laughs> the Enneo Pods, the guy who went off on a seven-day bender. It made me think like the Enneagram is like <laughs> the Masons that you only know like stuff if you're a it's third Scientology. Third degree. That's what you don't know. Me and Tom Cruise are going to yeah, get to the top. Right. Is, do we put the magic underwear <laughs> on now? Okay, I'm not even going to go there. Okay, let me respond to your earlier comment. I do think the Enneagram can be scaffolding that helps you build your true self and helps you access your your true self. But if you hold on to your the scaffolding too long, then it 
eventually diminishes the integrity of the structure. So I think it can be misused. I'm pretty deep in the Enneagram, but I know that there's, there always are going to be things that are bigger than the tool. And I think the people that I trust who've, who've taught me about the Enneagram would say the same thing, that it's not gospel. It's not, it's a tool. Any, anytime you take a tool and use it for something that's not supposed to be, it, it breaks down. Okay, with that being said, yeah, Chris Hewitt's had a ton of stuff that I had never heard about, the different levels, the intellectual centers, yes, the the head, heart, and the gut. I've heard that before. But the the secondary pieces of it um, were a little confusing to me. And so I called my dad up, and I said, psychologist father, did you listen to this? And he said yes, and I actually think more of the Enneagram because of all the complexity that Chris put on the table where I was saying, this is too complicated. I felt like I had a good grasp on the Enneagram before this, and this seems to just muddy the water. And I think my dad was reflecting that unless you let things be more uh, complicated and convoluted, then the tool itself diminishes the humanity in each of us. And maybe that would kind of be the corrective against what you're talking about, that it, it simplifies people, it boxes people in. But when you see all the different levels, maybe that actually is a more authentic understanding of it. Yeah, maybe. That makes sense. You know, I, uh, I, I, think, I think, I don't know, I do have a love-hate relationship with it because I think I do it. I'm deep into it. We brought Suzanne Stabil in with our staff and, we use that language that drove the spiritual director guy crazy all the time around here. I'm mm-hmm. a three, I'm a two, I'm a, you know. This guy's obviously a five, so that's probably why he says that. Um, yeah, fair enough. Well, um, I'm just saying, anyway, I'm just wondering Chris Stewart's his friends with Mother Teresa, so I mean, he can't be that bad. Yeah, tell me. Hey, say, that again. say that again. Was it fluid? How'd you get to How'd you get to know? Yeah, this just guy? Was it they. Book, or uh, did you know him? A publicist friend sent me a copy of the book, and I had. Uh, I, I anyway, yeah. I, so I, I didn't really know him before the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Is it? Is it? Uh, does he do like number by yeah, number? Is it a good book for? I've read Roars. I've read. So I've had someone someone that texted me or, or tweeted me this week. Hey, what's your your go-to source for the Enneagram. And I say that like my entry level thing is Suzanne and Ian's book, The Road Back to You. This is more like Enneagram mm-hmm. uh, 301. It's not your entry level. It's it's a higher level yeah, stuff, but um, it has some good stuff about spiritual disciplines for your number. And I, I wouldn't recommend it as the first taste of the Enneagram, but, but if you want a second take on it, I think this is a good one for that. Yeah. Okay. Does he talk about... Any yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, that really yeah. was kind of a. What? You need to have the graphs in front of you because I found myself reading the book and having to go back and double check. So, like I said, either either the com- complexity okay. of the enneagram that Chris describes is going to discourage you because it's a whole new set of uh, uh, of terminology and phrases you have to understand, or it legitimizes it. One of the two. But one thing you can't delegitimize. Yeah is our friend Becca Stevens. That's how you do a transition oh, right there, Jonathan. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're nailing it. That's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's a great human being. I love Becca Stevens. I don't um, like hearing you try to... Why not? 
talk about country music. No. Because you butcher it, man. What did I butcher? Yes. Like you with dreadlocks. <laughs> You're appropriating someone else's... Uh, I, I can't remember what you said. Like I, I think your first song, the first uh, thing you got. Was, God bless the broken road uh, that led me back to you, song? straight to you. Yeah, that's it. I think basically <laughs> you're just reading it straight from Google um, as you Google her husband's mm-hmm. song lyrics. But then you then you went off on like three or four different songs. <laughs> that's not how that mm-hmm. goes. And she was kind. Not. But I'm I'm yeah kind of the truth yeah. teller, right? Like I'm the well, I'm the Nathan thank you for David. that. <laughs> thanks, Jonathan. You are the man. <laughs> thanks, I'm the man. No, no, it's a bad thing. I appreciate that. You should read, read the Bible. Thanks. It's, it's a you're, story. you're not too bad yourself either, Jonathan. <laughs> One of the things I love that she said thanks. was anger is a shallow feeling. Like that you got to go underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the context was talking about the childhood trauma that she went through. I don't know if trauma is the right word, but like her, her father's passing and then someone abusing her uh, for a couple of years. And her, it, in the times that I've heard her describe that, she never comes across as angry about it. And I think her point was that you got, you got to keep pushing underneath it. You're and right. I thought that's such a great insight. Anger is a good emotion to get people yes. moving in ways yeah. that they might not. Uh, you know, it's like a, but it's like rocket fuel. You know, it can it can do the initial boost, but if you run on it for too long, it will it, yeah. it will yeah. corrode you. You know, and you know I I say that as somebody who I just I want people to go the way back steep. You know, not not with um, to be able to yeah. redeem the hurt and pain. And she she approached, she confronted that guy. She told that guy's wife and family. Um, you know, she was very, I, I think she said this I'd, publicly. I don't know. Right? I'm pretty sure I heard her. I think I think I heard in a sermon she did at Fresno, I think she said it uh, in a thing we were speaking of together. But anyway, she's not. Careful, she, boys she's and girls, not names like, are uh, dropping. Trying to. We were both speaking a thing together mm. in Fresno. Uh. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just trying yeah. to tell this. Like she's, she, she did the confrontation. She didn't sweep anything under the rug. Yeah, she wasn't she being passive and being a doormat. Yeah. Free, yeah. Um, but she didn't say either. And that's the thing I think. Ask her for people that you care about to be able to take the, the cause that initially mm-hmm. may even feel like anger and move towards yeah uh, you know a yeah I, place I think paul pain. uses the language of in your anger don't sin that's in the bible and i think mm, that's good. i think there's yeah, some wisdom right. to that that you you can't suppress anger because that's going to happen you and there's a righteous indignation that is mm-hmm. helpful but you can't stay in that and sometimes people just mm-hmm. are angry all the time and that's that's not healthy and like it, it, like you said, it's 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 that fuel that gets you going, but you've got to sustain sustain it another way. And yeah, she's great at that. <clears throat> yeah, she is. She's a wonderful person. I I love what they do at Thistle Farms, and um, I love hearing. Yeah, our, our podcast. We okay, Jonathan. Um, one of the things that someone told me recently, um, or I heard someone say this, 
that uh, the first person, first guest ever cry in the podcast uh, was Annie Downs, and they were really shocked because they thought it would be you. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't know. I because just, of you being mean to me? Because of the mean and horrible things that, that you say to me that hurt my heart? Okay. Well, I do my crying off air. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, speaking of the moment that she cried, um, what does Jesus say about when you give, do it, don't, don't do it like the pagans and the hypocrites? Like, hold on, Annie, <laughs> before I give you this very tender thing that makes you feel like you're a part of our family, um, <laughs> let me just hold these microphones real quick. <laughs> and then say over and over again on the air, oh my goodness, you're crying. Oh my goodness, you're crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is... I, I I don't I think that's a textual variant. I'm not for sure that's Jesus's words. We we can't prove for sure that's not. Uh, no. Yeah, it doesn't sound like him. He was real big on giving self righteousness. Yeah, I agree for sure. For sure, that's very true. Uh, okay, uh, Annie Downs. I love that interview. I loved. I would love to get to know her. It, she, you got to know yeah, her. At yeah, your we were both Palooza in that, thing. Uh, that thing together, and uh, yeah, just became friends and stayed in contact. And yeah, so we've got another part of that comes out on her podcast uh, Thursday, and uh, it's when I first met her, I was like, "Oh, you're the person who does the That Sounds Fun podcast." And for our anti enneagram friend, my first comment was you're an Enneagram 7 if your podcast is named That Sounds Fun because that is the most 7 name of any podcast. And uh, yeah, so we became good friends and or we became friends. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Is 100%. she a 7? My, my okay. wife said that she felt like she needed to give her a hug when she started crying on the podcast and so sorry about that, Lindsay didn't give her... Ch- uh, I mean, they communicate through the internet and stuff like that, but... I liked your line about if if uh, our private life gets too public, <laughs> we'll just rename our kids. That's really easy to do these days. You got middle yeah, names. That's just true. Go with one that's of those. so true. <laughs> Avery, you're going to be Barbara now. Yeah, we're going to go with everyone's going to be alphabetical and, and just move B-B. over to that. And yeah, um, <laughs> when okay, so I was talking about the Church of Christ, and my wife said I felt bad about how you described the Church of Christ in the podcast. Yeah, when she asked, so are you kind of representative of Church of Christ? I was like, please, God, no. Mm. <laughs> no, he's not. Please let somebody say no. no that's he's, that's he's rude, first of not. all. Okay, I love the Church of Christ. This is my tradition. I've Yeah, I, I love our tradition. I also think part of acknowledging where you come from is naming the things that are... Uh, <laughs> non-ideal, the skeletons in your closet. And clearly, I think the biggest skeleton Mm. in our closet is our propensity to be, um, in the past, is like the sectarian idea that we're the only ones going to heaven. And Sure. So, okay, here's something from Childers. Jeff Childers, professor at ACU for newcomers to the show. Jeff Childers, uh, that's the fair thing. You know, Jonathan Martin's idea about, you know, stay in the domination you came from so you can help it repent of its... Former sins, that's a fair thing. But do it fairly. So 
I know we've we've known a lot of sectarian churches of Christ, uh, but I've also known some that weren't, and they weren't sectarian back when really? it was when it was harder to mm-hmm. be. You, yeah, like the church, the little church I grew up in. My Baptist friend, my Methodist friend, um, uh, I had a Pentecostal friend. They all, all got to lead hmm. singing, pray, participate. Um, that if you were baptized, was it a, that was the right kind of baptism? Going. Like, did it have to fit the Church of Christ definition? Well, so yeah. my Methodist friend was sprinkled, but <laughs> he would preach on baptism. He would preach on baptism, but he would let my yeah. friend lead singing or pray. Um, but he would, he he definitely would preach against the kind of baptism. Yeah, that's not God. ideal. But I mean, there's that. I I think it's fair. Like the church doesn't become what it is today unless they're. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean that's really and for I mean the the church isn't what it is. To, so I mean, just be fair about what there are times that there are times we were sectarian. There are also times where we we're pretty ecumenical. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if that I, I know, your maybe, childhood experience maybe with church is not maybe my childhood experience with church, but that doesn't you know disav- disavow my love for the churches of christ i think it's naming what it is and the majority of conversations i had when i first started doing like baptist youth camps when i was in grad school doing my interdenominational bible study was are you guys the the ones who don't like instruments are you guys the ones who think you're the only ones going to heaven and so you have that conversation enough with people you think well i'm just gonna i'm gonna start the conversation and i'm gonna bring it out first and i'm gonna poke fun of it so you know that i'm part of the tradition that realizes the flaws in that, in the sins of that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, to be able to say, like, this is who we were, by God's grace, yeah. it's not so much who we are For sure. these days. Um, and laughing at that, you deciding who goes to heaven, that, I think that's really funny. Did you, really okay, funny. I think it was in this part Just, of the conversation, but there's a comment about feeling like when Annie preaches, if she cries, she's less of a preacher. And she, she was that in this part of the conversation? Uh, okay, no, no, it would have been in the last 10 minutes. 10 but, minutes early, so I might have missed it. Okay, if, do you think if there's a woman speaking and she cries compared to if a man is speaking and he cries, it's understood to be different? Like, the fear is if you're a woman and you're speaking and you cry, oh, you're just being emotional, you're just being a woman. If a, if a man does that, maybe it goes the same direction, or maybe there's a sense of, oh, wow, he's very authentic, and he can do that. Huh. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know the right thing I'm supposed to say there, but I don't know what... People would receive it. I loved Annie's point on a mother voice and a father voice in the church. And, um, you know, unfortunately, people are yep. going to hear with the stereotypes they already have in, in mind. So they might, that might play into it. But I, I would see a man crying also potentially. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Being a wall that somebody that's turns fair. up. You know what I mean? Yeah, who like, knows? Maybe not as much. Yeah. Uh, so people come, people hear things in lots of different ways. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Well, I'm sure you're going to listen to the second part of that on her podcast come Thursday. You can look forward to that with great expectations. Good. Did you watch Stranger Things 2 yet? Not yet. I think Richard Beck is going to come over and watch it. Uh, You're going to binge it? How many episodes are there? I I don't know. Seven, eight, or nine? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Somewhere in that. But I don't think we're going to binge it together. Randy Harris was going to. He got got Netflix Mm -hmm. for it. He just, he's such a curmudgeon. It's better than normal TV, but (laughs) I don't (laughs) like TV at all. Mm-hmm. It's a sad life. It's a sad life, Randy. Um, well, you know what you guys could do, you and Richard Beck, if you thought, you know, this is good podcast and you want to, this is podcast material, you could go to podbean.com and get your own podcast with their new mobile app. You could record directly from your phone, post it, and then you guys could have your own podcast. You could call it Great Bectations, Stranger Storments. Anyway, you could go to podbean.com and figure out how to do that. What's sad is that you do this even when we're not podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) In our just regular conversations, you'll. That's a good point. Um, You know what else has a good. Who else has a good point? (laughs) You've sold your soul. You've contracted out yourself. It's funny. (laughs) Hey, I got to be prepared if my kids need um, plastic surgery to change their faces. So we need to be ready for that. (laughs) <laughs> Barbara, Barbara has one really big four eye, a four, four, four well said. You, you eyebrow. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I got to go get some sugar. Um, yeah. Hey, next month we've got uh, the Bishop of Texas recorded a podcast with him a couple weeks ago. We'll have out and Wait, uh, and a few more good ones. Who's the- uh, his? You you have to listen t- to that to find out. Brother Doyle will uh, be waiting for you, though. Okay. Andy right. Doyle. It's his name. Oh, cool. Andy Doyle, Bishop of Texas. So, all right, Jonathan. Uh, I'm assuming you already have your uh, Superman costume underneath your sweater vest that you're wearing, so you can jump yeah, right I'm in. I'm very, very excited about getting to wear spandex on my street tonight. I don't have Superman costume on. I, I actually have a Superman okay, costume sure. that is spandex. But I, never mind. Just edit this part out. I don't want this people thinking of me with spandex. Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.